come on, I got a job. I need to, I need to be able to pay for this family to live. How are we going to do that? And it was, you know, I didn't know how that would all happen. So it was, uh, she was part of my leap of faith. All right, guys, welcome back to the podcast. Um, this episode, I had the opportunity and privilege to chat with Brian Butler. He is uh, the co-founder and executive director of Dumb Ox Ministries, which is a ministry that does theology theology of the body as well. Uh, they're based out in Louisiana. Um, and this conversation was just awesome. Um, just to give you guys some backstory, um, he is here or he's with us for fall training here at the Culture Project to give some intro theology of the body presentations to our missionaries. He was here for two days. And um, I'm gonna tell you the first session, he spent like 30 minutes introing the intro and I was already like convicted and just blown away by it. So Brian Butler is an amazing man. He's so great. We're so blessed to have him here and we're extremely blessed to have him on the podcast. Um, we talk about really amazing things, just um, a little bit about his story, about how he met his wife and how she actually converted from Ju- Judaism to Catholicism. And uh, we talked about um, pursuing your dreams as a man. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm still kind of like processing a lot because it was awesome. I'm going to stop talking now so you guys can listen to the podcast. All right. Enjoy. Yeah, well, I'm... Uh... I'm one of five children, mm. uh, oldest of five, and um, my parents are fantastic. Uh, the older I get, the wiser they get. Mm. You know, like the more that you realize that your parents really did some beautiful, good, awesome things for you, and they're 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 fantastic. So that's a great gift. I certainly planted the seeds of my Catholic faith and really nurtured them. They didn't mm. just throw the seeds and see what would happen. Mm. Um, so I owe them a great debt of gratitude for for my faith and and formation and and I as I started growing up um, in rural Louisiana, you know, I I came to love the outdoors, you know, and and came to uh, appreciate you know the gift of creation and that's been something that's kind of really grown in my life and even been fostered, I think even more through the gift of the theology of the body, which is so sacramental. Like John Paul will talk about like the body uh, and he uses a phrase says like the sacramentality of the body. Mm. And that whole reality is that the body is capable of making visible what's invisible. Mm -hmm. And in some degree, right, that's true of all creation, but really the body is in a whole nother category all itself because of the fact that, only the human person uh, was created in the image and likeness of God. So as beautiful as the mountains and the waterfalls are and the cool birds and fish <laughs> and all that stuff that I get geeked out about and I love it. Yeah. Um, but all of that, even though it does have a little fingerprint of God on it because it's good and it's his creation, like in a different way, like right now as I look at you, mm. like you reveal more of God than all of that beauty um, because Mm. you are created in his image and likeness. And that's a truth, but it's one thing to kind of know that intellectually and another thing to have your heart start to be conformed to realizing that in daily practice. And I Mm. think that was one of the things that um, John Paul II, you know, taught us and I've been trying to learn over the years, but um, I think it started early with like my parents kind of modeling, like just 
an idea of like the sacramental worldview in general. And I was, I was primed and ready to kind of go into John Paul's land of like hmm. seeing the sacramentality of the body when later that was revealed to me. But, um, yeah, later I was in college and I met my, uh, you know, my wife, uh, Lisa and she, um, I didn't meet, that sounds weird, right? To meet your wife. <laughs> She wasn't my wife when I met her. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like, I, I was, I was waiting tables at a restaurant. So was she, and that's where we met and started dating. And we had a long, rocky journey. You know, mm. our, our dating relationship was filled with a lot of drama. How long were you guys dating? <laughs> it was, a, it was an on again, off again thing for four and a half years until okay. we got married. So the whole you know? college career, basically. Yeah, well, pretty much. You know, um, and so I. Um, what were you studying in college? Communications was okay. my undergrad. Where'd you go? Uh, graduated from University of New Orleans. Okay. And um, I bounced around to a couple different colleges before that, but that was where I spent most of my career. And um, yeah. And so how, did once, you, how did you guys meet? Like, what was that yeah, day? It was, it was, you know, we were in the restaurant and she was, you know, she was one of the best trainers at the restaurant and one of the mm. best waiter like oh. waitresses there she was just really good at what she did okay. and um so you know she kind of ran circles around me but mm. uh, <laughs> at some point you know um she actually had a really powerful experience where she looked into the mirror and she felt like at her house one night like that she heard god's voice for the first time and mm. she felt god tell her like go to church and she actually was Jewish. No way. And she didn't know anybody that went to church other hmm. than me. And so... So was she practicing her Jewish faith? Not religiously, no. She she had a bat mitzvah and she had grown up with, you know, that. She also had some, some uh, people in her life that were Catholic. But um, she was, you know, she was more Jewish than anything else. Okay. And then probably a bit of agnostic, you know, as kind of like not knowing really what she believed. She, I think yeah. she did, probably did believe in God, but didn't know him personally. And so she, uh, the next day after that experience with the mirror, she walked into the restaurant and asked in my general direction. Because <laughs> she, she knew? Were you known as a church boy? Okay. Yeah, I was. So she was like, anybody want to go to church with like me? Like you had ashes on your forehead one yeah, day? Yeah, I probably did. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> She was like, so do you, you know, anybody want to go to church with me? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. I'll go to church with you. And so it began as this, her searching for God. Wow. And, um, and God really calling her toward himself. And I got a chance to play a really pivotal role. You just happened to be there. Yeah. <laughs> Dang. So it was, uh, that was now, the beginning of a long were journey. You, were you crushing on her like the whole, like the first time you met her? Before or? that, I wasn't. I mean, I, I thought she was cute, but I thought she was uh -huh. out of my league. So I was like, hey, uh -huh. you know. Okay. Did you pray like God do something? No, or? that didn't really happen, honestly. <laughs> He's like, all right, Brian, here we go. Right. Go to church. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so she, describe the first time you guys went to church then like yeah that one time well the first time we went to church was actually a protestant bible study it wasn't okay. really church because okay. it was late on a wednesday night and i mm. didn't know where to take her to mass and so um they started with the book of revelation and i was like this is the end of the story <laughs> this is not where you need to start you know yeah. like the beasts and dragons <laughs> yeah. and like um uh, so i i went ahead we kind of bailed on that and uh, mm. and i went to a coffee shop and kind of okay. shared the gospel with her and she started to to have a desire and a movement towards the faith and uh that became real messy and real beautiful 
both, you know, as far as kind of like her trying to find faith, but she being, we, we became attracted to each other in this process Mm. and started dating and, and, um, and God just, you know, had his, his grace all over it to be able to help us move forward eventually making it so that she did eventually, you know, enter the Catholic church and, uh, and we eventually made it to the altar and 20 years later, four kids later, a lot of awesomeness later. A lot of difficulty later, a whole lot of grace still working later. Mm. Here we are. That's awesome. Yeah. And you mentioned she was the one that encouraged you to do TOB, like, full-time. Yeah, she right? was. She she had a pivotal role. Like, uh, Delmox um, was something that had been had already, I had, well, I founded it while she, we were in relationship, you know, but uh, with a friend of mine. And uh, it was it was good youth ministry. It was just kind of like relevant, creative youth ministry. But there wasn't a focus other than that. There wasn't a niche or a particular mm. focus to it. And um, and as I started getting more and more fired up, once I had learned the theology of the body, you know, I knew I wanted to go full time with Dumbox some kind of way, but I didn't see how it was a reality, and I wasn't pushing for it. You know, I mm-hmm. just kind of was hoping. And she was the one that started kind of nudging and being like, so. Come on, why don't you, why don't you go do that? And I was like, "Come on, I got a job. I need a, I need mm-hmm. to be able to pay for this family to live. How are we gonna yeah. do that?" And it was, you know, I didn't know how that would all happen. So it was, uh, she was part of my leap of faith. You know, I know a lot of couples that has a, have similar experiences where the man is obviously like romanticizing about this passion, mm-hmm. but like his practicalness like stops him from doing that. Yeah. But then the wife comes out of nowhere and goes do that yeah. and I don't know I think for me just like over the years of knowing these couples and just seeing that and I um, I would love to hear your thoughts on that and like your experience but correct me if I'm wrong but I, I feel like there's this feminine genius that exists that women know if your if your husband isn't happy doing what he loves to do I mean the family might not make it you know like is that I mean that might sound a little too dramatic but the, <laughs> is there some is that is there some truth to that or? Well, I mean, I think God, God can have his way and work with all kinds of situations. And, and I certainly, I mean, I'm really grateful and, but in a sense, I'm, you know, it's not the norm for somebody to be able to found a Catholic organization and make <laughs> a living mm-hmm. to provide for your family through it. That's not yeah. the norm. And so, um, yeah, there is a bit sometimes of the romantic sort of stuff that actually, people need to be held back from like going after because they're yeah. too, it's too romanticized and actually there's mm-hmm. not a practicality to it. Um, but I think as husbands and wives learn to discern together, learn to listen to God's voice together and learn to listen to his voice through the other, mm-hmm. um, then that can, it kind of balances out, you wow. know, and you find the, you find the space of equilibrium of where, where is God actually leading us? And I think the wife needs to trust her husband and the husband needs to trust her wife, his wife to learn to find that. And sometimes we need to be challenged by the other. Mm-hmm. Maybe we're, maybe we just want to, I just want to go start this organization. And, and the, the wife is maybe sitting there saying like, um, okay, but <laughs> don't quit your day job yet. <laughs> Which is actually was true for me. Like I, I started the organization. And it was a part time thing for four or five years before I went full time wow. with it. So it was a nights and weekends thing. So I think that 
and there are some people who maybe they have a great desire in their heart and the Lord's saying like, well, it's, that's not yet, or it's mm. not now, or, um, or actually I'm going to show you a way to take that desire and do it differently, you know, mm. or, um, yeah, it's, it's awesome to go start a nonprofit organization, but you're a great salesman and there are people in your office that need to be healed with the truth of the gospel and you just need to stay faithful there. And that's yeah. how we're paying for our kids to be able to get education right now. And yeah, so I think it, it, it kind of depends, you know? Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's awesome that she was able to support you in that and encourage you. Yeah. And well, back and to your so, question though about like, is it possible? Like, does a husband does he need to do what he loves in order for the family to make it? That was a part of what you were asking. Yeah. Like, I guess I can only speak from my perspective. I can't say okay. like what's true for everybody, but I can say that I am really alive because mm. of doing what I do. And I love that. Um, there are certainly times in my career over the years when I've like, it's been really difficult. And I think mm. that's true of like so many different things in life and different careers in life where like, there's a lot of blessings and there's a lot of hardships. And so sometimes maybe people are called to sacrifice more, uh, than someone else, you know? Um, but that's like the nature of just the cross and like yeah. the fact that God calls us to different things. So I would never want to say like exactly how it needs to be for someone else. And I think sometimes some people are called to, you know, kind of hold off on their bigger dreams for the sake of love. Mm -hmm. I think that is true for some people. What, what were you doing before Dumb Ox? I was, uh, well, so a communications major yeah. in college, I wanted to change Hollywood for the better. So like the other Whoa, day, really? the other day when you were talking and saying like, you know, I knew that you had spent time in Hollywood. Yeah. I was like, okay, that's interesting. Oh, okay. Um, I, wanted to, what line? I wanted to write, I wanted to write films and, and, um, and be a screenwriter that would write the stories that would kind of change you? the world. Um, I didn't have honestly like great specific influences, um, other than like, like TV shows that at the time, okay. like were were kind of like, there would be certain good things in a show that would like be like, wow, that was like awesome. And I love the fact that I was moved by that. And I want to mm. try to find a way to move people with great things that yeah. are actually around the things that are good. And there was a lot of things that I wasn't able to watch because my mm. parents like kept me from some of the really terrible things that were coming out of Hollywood. And like, yeah. I didn't like the fact that there was actually a lot of things I couldn't watch. And I wanted to like be able to have more of the just quality, mm. good things out there that I could provide yeah. for other people to enjoy through entertainment. So mm -hmm. I, I was kind of going that direction and was in TV and film, like toward the end of my uh, college career and I started working for a film and video magazine uh, as I got out of college I was doing some writing for the magazine and doing I was an account executive and um, but it but my, my heart was not nearly as in that as it was in sh communicating the gospel like yeah. I, I started doing some youth ministry and was really enjoying it and got good at being able to share things in a way that made sense to young people and um, you were alive I was alive. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's it's funny that you're sharing this because that's kind of like how I got to this. It's because I really just like love performing. I love, I'm definitely like an actor and a performer. Just, I grew up, my mom would put on the Backstreet Boys, turn off the lights and have a flashlight oh, yeah. and as my spotlight. And I'm just like <laughs> lip syncing and like I have those 90s baggy windbreakers on with the sunglasses. Yeah. Right, and, right. you know, I knew all the words. Yep. So I was always a performer. Yeah. And then uh, it just kind of, you know, as high school happens and, you know, you start trying to figure out 
what do I want to do with my life? And I'm definitely the romantic kind of guy who's like, I want to be alive. I want to like do my passion. I want to、mm -hmm. prove everyone wrong. You know,、mm -hmm. like I can do this. My idol was Will Smith. Like、yeah. I wanted to be the next Will Smith, except、yeah. I don't rap. So, <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I remember. In those nights in Hollywood, I, I lived ten minutes away from Hollywood. This place called Koreatown, and I、uh, nothing was going my way. The、uh, auditions weren't going well. I wasn't getting anything, and I started asking myself, like, why did I even do this? Yeah. And the answer was, well, it's because I thought it was going to make me happy. And then, okay, well, if this isn't, this is my own conversation. I wasn't willing to share this to anyone because、right. I was so prideful and said, no,、sure. I'm going to make it. Yeah.、Um, and so I was just having this conversation with myself and saying, like,、uh, but when was the last time I was happy? And my mind went straight back to church. And at the time, I wasn't really practicing my faith.、Mm -hmm. I really wasn't.、Mm -hmm. um, but my mind went back to like. What you were saying, just sharing the gospel, and、mm. I wasn't in a place like I wasn't really practicing my faith at the time, but I still remember those moments so vividly, and how alive I felt versus like like being able to be in that environment of people who have encountered Christ and want to proclaim that and live that out versus being. On stage in front of a thousand people with adrenaline pumping and like singing the songs and dancing、mm -hmm. dances, even that didn't compare to、yeah. the simplicity of yeah. This is this is my life because of Jesus, you、yeah. know. And that's interesting. That that's it's kind of there's a parallel.、Though. Yeah,、so、and you might remember yesterday I I brought up when the, in the seminar about like in high school my favorite scripture passage was、mm. uh, <laughs> take delight in the Lord and He will、yes. give you the desires of your heart.、Mm -hmm. And like the Lord does know our desire, our ultimate, our deepest desires for Him, but there are other desires that we have that like are good. Yeah, and they. They like to chase your dreams is like a beautiful and good thing to use your gifts, you know.、Mm. And so, like,、uh, I, you know, I wanted to. There was parts of me that wanted to like go play big time college football, and like、yeah. I, I went that way, and I didn't make it, but I did play some college football. And like,、mm -hmm. there was the desire to like go write these movies, and like that didn't pan out. But interestingly, like later on, as a part of Dumbox Ministries, like I produced a docu reality film that we took all over the country.、Um, I directed it. I last the last few years. I was a producer for an original stage, like、um, an original musical, a two-hour two musical that we、What? did. It's, it's called Garden. It's a retelling of the story of Adam and Eve in a way you've never seen before. Oh,、um, dang! I got chills. And <laughs> now, and now we're, and now we have that prepared for licensing, so other people can license it and do、really? it in other places. And so, let me、um, know when you have auditions. Yeah, <laughs> well, you guys could pick it up wherever you want to, where you want to do it. But like that's so it's interesting. Like that wasn't in the cards of like、mm -hmm. as I was stepping out and and doing. The ministry of Dumox Ministries. I didn't see. I thought I was going to have to leave all those sorts、mm. of dreams behind,、mm -hmm. and to some degree I did. But then God actually took some of those gifts that I had, those creative gifts, and used them in a different way. You know. So here you, you've got a microphone in front of you now. <laughs> yeah, that's you, true. You, you know, you have a you have a a, a podium. You have a, a way of speaking and a way of of communicating. You're not like doing entertainment the way you thought you were going to、yeah. do it. But here you are, like getting a chance to use your gifts for God's glory. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Are you an educator or youth minister? Schedule a culture project speaker now. Through dynamic presentations, our speakers are equipped to tackle the topics plaguing our youth today. Schedule us at theculture project dot org. 
Are you thinking about becoming a missionary with the Culture Project? Do you share our passion for these topics? Have you ever thought about using your gifts to make an impact in the world? Apply to be a Culture Project missionary today at thecultureproject.org. Do you want to be a part of something bigger? Do you want to go on mission, but your current life situation doesn't necessarily allow for the lifestyle of a missionary? Here at The Culture Project, we rely on spiritual and financial support from people like you to ensure that this message is being sent out. Consider donating today at thecultureproject.org. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. I don't know if you've seen that photo of, it's a drawing of a little girl in Jesus. And the little girl has a teddy bear that she loves. And then Jesus has his hand out like this. And then behind Jesus is a bigger and better teddy bear. Yeah. I remember seeing that for the first time a few years ago. And I just like, I couldn't. Yeah, it was just so captivating and simple. But that's literally how he is every day. Yeah. Even like, not even in the big decisions, but in the smallest decisions. And yeah. That's, yeah, that's incredible. He wants to give us the very best, and we're sometimes holding on to whatever it is that we have, thinking it's the best there is, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, it's like that C.S. Lewis quote. I'm definitely going to butcher it. Um, it's about, maybe you know what, what quote I'm talking about, but um, we're like kids playing in the mud, right? Like, we're, we're so satisfied with making mud castles, but we're, we're forgetting there's a freaking ocean, <laughs> Yeah. If we just look up and to the right, there's an ocean right there. And yeah. that's what he actually wants for us is the vast beauty of the ocean. Yeah. And um, I also want to like kind of focus on something just popped in my head. Now it's popping out and I'm trying to like bring it back. Um, oh, I'm, trying to lose, I'm starting to lose it. But you said right. something yesterday about virtue and how the goal and then the space in between your goal mm. and where you're at right now is virtue. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love that so much because I, it, it's something I struggle with. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm always dancing in between like, Oh, I should be there, but it's, it's like, I'm not. And, um, it's just this, this misconception of virtue mm-hmm. that if we follow this virtue, for example, chastity, mm-hmm. that life would just suck. Mm. especially for me who's so emotionally driven and very passionate and just want to fulfill all my greatest desires yesterday. Yeah. Um, if you put chastity in front of me, I'm like, you want me to wait? Yeah. Um, and it, it just goes back to that, um, image of Jesus and yeah. 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 And part of it is recovering. There's so many different things right there. We'll go, we'll go back first to like the, it's awesome. But going back to like the idea of Joe, Alistair McIntyre, who was the one who wrote that book called After Virtue. And he was mm-hmm. the one that said like, okay, there's two people. There's like the, the person of like who man is now. And there's who man could be if he realized his end. And mm-hmm. the space between those is the life of virtue. That's where we get the ought. You ought to do this because it will bring you to that place that mm-hmm. you, you can become, that where you can go. And that's that's a one really great way to look at it. And the catechism talks about virtue as a you know firm and habitual disposition yeah. toward the good. Mm-hmm. And the more that we and then it says the more the good that we do, the freer we become. And our hearts want freedom. Yeah. And so like even inside of like what you just said about chastity, right? Like we think we think chastity is going to take away our freedom. Mm. But John Paul II taught us that actually chastity frees us to be able to love. And that's what our hearts want even more than freedom. We want love. We were made for that. So chastity is about waiting, 
But that's only a piece of chastity. So much of it is about the saying yes to what I'm being offered right here and right now, mm-hmm. which is an authentic way of loving. And if I can say yes to that way of loving right now, I'm actually going to gain freedom right now. And I'm going to gain more of the, the, the full life that Jesus came to give us. I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. Mm-hmm. That is the life of a saint. Yeah. And, and there's the, you know, the holy cards don't do us a lot of favors in that, you know, because we it sometimes looks like a really boring person there. Yeah. Um, but the saints were the, <laughs> the person whose life is just, they're crazy. They're crazy people. They are. They're fully alive. They're adventurers. <laughs> they're people who, who, you know, go into a distant land and form 87 hospitals. Whoever does that? Like, the saints. Mm-hmm. Like, how, how do you do? Well, it's like, by God's grace, you go do the radical thing, not because you thought you could, but because God said he wanted you to and he could empower you to. And it's this true def- definition of love. Mm-hmm. And I think this is something that we're, our society now has just twisted. And um, what what I keep forgetting to, to just remind myself that love is selfless. It's completely just surrendering everything and just stepping outside and staying in the discomfort because that's, and it, it's so counter-cultural and just counter everything human, it feels like at times when I'm presented with an opportunity to be completely uncomfortable and I'm looking at God, I'm like, really yeah are you serious <laughs> yeah yeah and i look back did you, did you not see me do that already mm-hmm. you want to and of course eventually hopefully i say yes and move forward but the uh it's a paradox of Christianity, right? I in that it. spot, right? <laughs> Jesus, so... Jesus himself was like said it over and over and over again. Like, if you want to find your life, you must lose yeah. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we just don't like that. No. And we don't trust him. <laughs> and and like even when even when even when there are other people near us doing it, like we, we sometimes are just kind of like, no, that's good for you. But like, yeah. gosh, it's just too hard for me. It's just yeah. too hard for me. I'm not built the way you are. Mm-hmm. Um. We're all built for that sanctity. We're we're gonna all pursue it in different yeah. kinds of ways. But like, the paradox, you can only find out if it's true if you try it. Mm-hmm. You know, and when you do taste it, it's it's, it's sweet. It's very sweet. I'm gonna say you that know? from experience. Yeah, the times that I do say yes. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, really experiencing that. Yep. It's it's awesome. Um, yeah, so I got distracted by the cricket. Did you hear it? No, I missed the cricket. Oh, it was just... <laughs> he was out there. <laughs> um, man. Oh, thanks, Brian. I appreciate it. Um, I think we can... Yeah, we'll just cut this short now um, so you can make your flight. What time's your flight? Um, it's at 7. Okay, great. Yeah. <sighs> I got to say, Brian, thank you so much for being here. Yeah. Um, it's been such a blessing. Um, I think one of my biggest takeaways from you being here was me giving myself um, just the lens of patience, especially with theology of the body. Mm-hmm. Um, to be honest, I, I'm still getting to that place of saying confidently that theology of the body is the gospel. Mm-hmm. I think I'm having like a heart to, or mind to heart moment still. Like yeah. I can say it and believe it, but in my heart is not there yet. Right. Um, and I, and I want to get there because yeah. I see people who really truly grasp it and have accepted it. I'm like, they have something I don't. Mm. 
And it reminds me of my very first conversion moment when I mm-hmm. first encountered people who were really disciples. And I mm-hmm. saw that and I'm like, they have something I really want. Mm-hmm. And no money can buy that. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm so happy that I got to meet you and just really experience your love and your passion for theology of the body. I mean, yeah, it, it rocked my world. So thank you so much. And I know that, I don't know, I, I'm like one of the biggest cheerleaders of parents because now that I've grown, I've seen all the ways that my parents have sacrificed so much. And um, I took it for granted, you know, as, as a kid. And I just want to say as a child, um, I just want to say thank you mm. for doing what you're doing. Um, especially as a man, like, gosh, this world needs more people like you who are just willing to love in your local um, area and just Mm -hmm. like really loving fiercely, especially with your family. So, and it pours out into your ministry. It's so clear to see. Um, So yeah, just thank you for that. I really, really do mean that. Well, it's a joy. It's an honor to be able to be up here with you guys who are um, part of the part of the the culture change, you know, mm. in the world. Uh, it takes a lot to change a whole culture. There's so many things that are in it that make up a culture. Yeah. And uh, this is the bedrock, you know. The theology of the body is a particular lens through which to see this, to see the gospel and uh, a particular way of presenting the gospel and it's it's radical and it's 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 both challenging and inviting at the same time you mm-hmm. know it's it's that thing that mystifies us yeah. and the, those things that mystify us are like you know like we see somebody like skydiving and we're like whoa i don't know if i could do that <laughs> and and that's that's what this is like mm-hmm. it's like it is, does take a leap of faith it does take big trust but you're like but i want to yeah but i want to i want to feel what that's like to mm-hmm. just be 10,000 feet above the earth like I, you know with with this little tiny thin thing holding me up you know as i fall like and that's that is the radical dive you know um into the depth of the gospel and that trust of being yeah. able to take one step at a time and it is uh, god's patient with us you know in the process and Glad. and so thank God for that. And like, mm-hmm. there's, there's plenty of time, you know, to, to learn and, and appropriate, like we're playing for the long game, you know, we're not yeah. playing for the short game here. We're yeah. playing for eternity That's right. and every single moment and every single relationship matters. Mm. And every single moment, every single relationship is playing a part in how we move from here toward eternity. Mm. And that's a great mystery and it's a great adventure. And I'm super grateful that Jesus, you know, uh, gave us the gift of this particular way of seeing the gospel through St. John Paul II, and and that now it's made such a difference in my life, and I'm uh, I'm excited that it's making a difference in yours. All right, you guys, thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that conversation between me and Brian Butler. Uh, if you haven't done so, please check them out at dumboxministries.com. They're just awesome awesome group of people there love what they're doing obviously um yeah uh i guess like a main takeaway from that conversation is something that i've already mentioned is just that um it's just so powerful for me to see 
uh, family men who are pursuing their faith in a very radical way and providing for their family as well. I think it's just like such a beautiful witness. And another takeaway that I want to share is that um, theology of the body, we will never understand all of it. Um, And so if you're someone like me who's still kind of starting or if you're already like well-read person who's been involved with theology of the body for years, I think a piece of um, consolation or, or advice or something, something that I want to say about that is, is that uh, there's always so much more. There's always so much more. And so do not be discouraged if you're just starting. And if you're already in it, um, keep searching, keep diving into the mystery of the theology of the body. Um, but yeah, as always, you guys, thank you so much for listening. Please leave us a review. Give us a few stars. And um, yeah, we'll see you guys in the next one.